Welcome to the Life on Repeat podcast with me, Laura Valancourt, licensed mental health counselor, geriatric mental health specialist, and dementia coach. I'm so happy that you found us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am here today with a lovely guest, Jennifer Wolf Hagstrom. And Jennifer is in New Hampshire. I just discovered we we're having a great conversation before I hit record. Jennifer is a licensed independent clinical social worker. She works with clients online in New Hampshire and Vermont. She's also a certified soul collage facilitator and brings this method into her work with therapy clients and the general public. And this is what I'm really excited to talk to her about today is soul collage and what it is and how it might be helpful for us. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. And maybe tell us, just give us a, tell us a little about yourself. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Laura. So yeah, I do private practice work, mostly working with people who are highly sensitive, who are caregivers, who are in need of encouragement to take good care of themselves. And I do some clinical work within the private practice. And then I also have a side business where I do the soul collage workshops to general public. So not in a therapeutic sense, but to kind of anybody who might be interested. And so those are kind of the, the two main things that I'm doing professionally now. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. I, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this conversation we're going to have. And maybe you can tell us, I'm curious, how did you discover soul collage and how did it come into your life? So I was working at a group practice and we just all focused on different types of creative, expressive therapies. And my supervisor at the time was a soul collage facilitator and introduced me to it. And also started kind of coaching me with how to integrate it into my individual work with clients. And I just, I couldn't get enough. Um, wow. at, the, at the very first workshop I attended with her, we were all supposed to make like one collage card. And I made like three at the same <laughs> time. And I was just like, I couldn't get enough. And so then I just kind of kept using it and wanted to learn more. And so I kind of went through all the steps needed to get ready to go to the facilitator training. And then I, I did that. And then it's just kind of kept going from there. Awesome. I, well, it's really clear in just talking to you that this, this, it really speaks to your spirit and it, and it feeds you. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to learn more. So maybe we can start out. Let's just jump in from the basics of what, mm-hmm. what is soul collage? Good question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name isn't necessarily completely self-explanatory, but a little bit like it's collage work that you do. And it is really centered around soul work as well. So it's developed by this woman named Sina Frost, and she was a therapist and developed this method in tandem with the therapy work she was doing. And she had a consultation group with other therapists and created what is really a a, a very in-depth process that can also be quite simple when you just start off. So the basics of it from there are that you make small collages on mat board cards of 
five by eight, five inches by eight inches. And each card then represents a different part of yourself, your community, your world, your universe. There can be archetypes like kind of fairy tale like archetypes or important forces. Like I have a card that is the sort water as the source of life. So it it's really very all encompassing in that it it really explores the small worlds of yourself internally and also the greater world of everything, which can sound a little overwhelming, but in in actuality, it really is. You make small collages and when you get them just right, you do an experience where you either journal or you, you go back and forth with a partner where you allow the card to speak to you and the card then tells you why it showed up the message it has for you, what it wants you to know, which is very powerful experience, a way to access your own inner wisdom in a way that, that you maybe wouldn't be able to so quickly if you didn't have the whole process. And then what's really cool is once you get a deck of cards, like 10 or more, you could do card readings where you're not even really making a card in that activity. You're just posing a question pulling some cards seemingly at random, like you just kind of shuffle and see which ones come out and then allow each one to address whatever it is you're wanting to explore. So for example, you could be like, okay, what do I need to know about this weekend? That's going to be a big, crazy weekend with lots of things going on. And you ask your deck, you pull your cards, and then you get the opportunity to access your inner wisdom in that way. So it's kind of like, there are similarities to tarot, but it's all coming from yourself. You have the answers to everything. I love that. That as you were talking, I was thinking, how powerful because <laughs> I use decks of cards, you know, a variety of decks with some of my clients sometimes or myself sometimes. Whether that's the self-care cards or the the more mystical ones or the more self-care type cards, but they can be very powerful. They can mm-hmm. be a tool when I know for me, when I'm getting in my own way with my own thoughts or my own emotions, it's a way to access some, whether you want to look at it as uh, wisdom outside of myself or wisdom within myself or, or mm-hmm. just, just random, <laughs> whatever, <Yeah. laughs> however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then using it as a tool to sort of reflect on a situation or a scenario or, you know, whatever's going on in your life. But when you were talking, I was thinking, wow, how powerful that you are creating these cards, that Mm. these really are coming from a source from within. And uh, wow. So this process is really intriguing to me. And tell me a little bit, like, I would love to hear any stories or examples that you might be able to share of, of experiences that you've witnessed or f- helped facilitate? Yeah. So yeah, I'll let, I'll let you go from there. And then, and then also uh, specifically, how can these cards, like how would a caregiver utilize these cards? What, what would be some scenarios that they might choose to use them? And I realize as I'm asking that, I'm asking two questions and mm-hmm. already in your description, it was, there's a process of creating mm-hmm. and then there's a process of using them ongoing too. So. Yeah. And so like when you create the card, 
ideally you would process it at first to be like, who are you? Where do you belong within the realm of my deck or my life? What is the essence of this card? So you're getting really clear. Okay. Yes. And then if you were to do a reading, you know, where you pull different cards, that would be a different process. But yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say too, that there there are kind of two different ways to make cards. Uh, One is intuitively, which would be you really just kind of look at images, see what grabs your attention and you just kind of go with it. That's pretty neat because you can turn off your logical, critical brain and just kind of go with the flow and then allow the meaning to show up later. And then you could also do an intentional making of a card. So for example, I wanted to make a card to represent one of my cats. And so that was very intentional. I was getting pictures of my my cat in particular and finding things that went along with that. And so that was a more intentional card. So anyway, I think that I like to use examples, you know, most currently. So actually I did a reading right before we started. And so I pulled some cards. I'm going to get them here. Thanks. This is great. I'm excited to hear your process. <laughs> Learn a little more about your process. Yeah. So yeah, I just I just kind of thought who's going to be here supporting me as I as I do this interview today. These things can be kind of anxiety provoking. So I wanted to feel grounded. The first card that came up for me was my wild woman card. Oh, oh that's beautiful. I so I realize folks are on a podcast yeah. someday. I hope to have these videos so people can see, but let me describe, or actually I'll let you describe the card. Okay. So there's a, a large moon at the top of the card. And then underneath it, there are three figures, feminine presenting, wearing white dresses. They have some face paint on. They're holding flower bouquets and have flower crowns. And they're kind of dancing in a kind of ceremonial type way. It's a beautiful card. Um, Thank you. So this card today to me was saying, you know, remember all of the facets of yourself that are just innately part of you, like connection to the natural world and, and also this, you know, wild inherent part of all of us. So that was my, my wild woman card. The next card that I pulled was my determination card. Oh, that's um, a great card. Okay, describe that. <laughs> so yeah, it's got uh, it's got a few images here. There's a train coming down a train track, and there's a very determined looking feminine presenting person with the hands on hips standing right in front of the train with a red shirt, just kind of staring right into the camera very determined like and then there's also this picture of a chimpanzee face close up on the eyes and the nose and just really intently staring also at the camera and this card today was saying you know remember how strong you are remember how you bring your determination with you wherever you go and you figure out a way to push through even difficult things and well, then you as you're yeah. Talking, what I love is that it's clear you have relationship with the, these cards are symbolic of a deeper, deeper access to these strengths or wisdom that you have within. 
Yeah. You know, every like an time, external representation of that. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the power of it that I use a lot in therapy with clients is that you're externalizing these parts of it yourself that you've always had inside or you knew about inside, but you didn't necessarily understand how they were different than the other parts or what their individual strengths were, things like that. So yeah, the externalization is very helpful. And and every time you have an interaction with the card, you're building that relationship with it. So, you know, as you're as you're saying, the deep connection, like, yeah, every time I've pulled any of these cards, I've I've strengthened the relationship I have with them. And so some of my older cards I have a stronger relationship with than some of the newer cards. But yeah, because you make them, they become a little sliver of your soul and very significant. Yeah. I love that, Jennifer. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, then I'll I'll share one more, which is my <laughs> mischievous card. And this one has a bunch of different images of mischief-making animals. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's like a laughing dog image. There's a baboon trying to steal someone's vegetables as they're leaving the market. There's a squirrel with its head in a little bucket. There's just <laughs> there's, there's a lot of playful mischief going on here. And this card today when I pulled it was was wanting to remind me to have fun and to be playful. I do have a tendency to sometimes get very much in a professional frame of mind and forget that I'm also a person. I like to play and also be playful. So yeah. And sometimes when I do a reading, if I do it at the beginning of the day or for a particular activity or something, I like to have them close by. So they become little touchstones, little anchors, and also visual reminders. So, you know, as I'm propping them up here in front of me, I can clearly see, oh, right, right. Determination is still here. And oh yeah, yeah. I'm still this inherently nature-based being and um, I can be playful. So that's just an example of, of what I did today. There are also a variety of different ways that you can use the method. You asked for experiences. A very common experience would be people doing in, intuitive cards where you're just kind of looking at images and pulling whatever jumps out at you and Lo and behold, when the card's created and you're doing the processing afterwards, it's a family member that you want to have a stronger connection with or who has passed away or a friend who's been very present on your mind or something relating to an experience that's been troubling you or like playing out in your head in the background, it really allows for like whatever's there just underneath the surface to bubble up. Um, Yeah. yeah. That idea of getting out of your conscious mind and using this as a tool to tap into, like you said, what's just underneath the surface or yeah. 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 The creativity piece, you, you said something you mentioned the card that you pulled this playful mischievous card and what I was thinking of there is I think, you know, so many of us or so many of those in the healthcare field or family caregivers and life can be so serious when we're talking mm-hmm. about heavy issues, deep, important issues, or we don't have time to lighten up and be playful and creative. And so I was just thinking what a valuable tool this would be for 
caregivers, family members, and even doing it with your loved ones, even inviting the opportunity for creativity. Because what happens is, especially for folks with memory impairment, is often in our intellectual communication, your analytical minds, there's a right way and a wrong way. And I'm using big quotes here. <laughs> communicate, right? There's, there's a way you're supposed to answer a question. There's all these social norms. There's having the memory of what you just talked about. Or, mm-hmm. But when you tap into this world of creativity, there's no right or wrong. And so mm-hmm. there's this freedom in the process of just being creative. You, you can't do creativity wrong. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just, again, imagining an opportunity to do this work with folks who do have memory impairment, how powerful that might be for them as well as caregivers. Yeah, there's, and I can, I could see a variety of ways that, that one could do that. I'm, I'm imagining maybe having some old family photographs and could, you could get copies of those. So you're not cutting up your, your only proofs, but <laughs> yeah. In the same way that music can kind of access things in ways that we can't linearly get to, the same can happen with visuals. So I'd be curious to see how that would play out if you had some old family photos or even photos of when the person was much younger or even cultural things from when they were younger, like um, musicians or food and clothing colors. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then it just is whatever it represents just comes out of it. You know, just what, what's this card saying? You know, why, why did this show up today? And there you're right there. There's no wrong way to do it. And yeah, I always say the only wrong way to do it is if you just don't do it at all. So you just, engage in whatever realm that that feels accessible. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking too about the the caregiver piece and how helpful it could be to externalize some pieces that maybe don't get a lot of attention, like the part of you that needs rest mm-hmm. or the part of you that is angry about everything that's happening. Or really just, you know, something completely outside of the realm that that they might be able to experience on a day-to-day, like what it's like to have a vacation where you don't have to worry about anything. Or it's the there's endless possibilities and and then you can have those little reminders um, to carry around with you. If you were to, and I'm sure and I, we definitely will talk about how do you find somebody that can teach you this, Mm -hmm. how to do this. But before that question, I'm curious if somebody wanted to play with this concept on their own at home, would you recommend that they, and and again, I know there's no right or wrong way to do it, but just to get them warmed up, is there like a certain model that they could follow, like create, Mm -hmm. start out by creating these types of cards and find Mm -hmm. the images Mm -hmm. that might match or or do you, yeah, what are your suggestions there? So I would say the the most concrete thing to do would be to find access to Cena Frost's book, Soul Collage Evolving. Everything about the whole process is in here. 
there's maybe more information than you could ever imagine in there. <laughs> and it really kind of clearly outlines these are the different suits of cards. And, you know, here's a list of possible archetypes and, you know, examples of cards are in there as well. Yeah. I mean, bare bones down to it. You really just need something that's five by eight that you can stick other images onto. And then to to make it fully soul collage would be to process it. And the the soul collage phrase that you'd start off with processing is I am one who. Ooh, I like that. Okay. So that is very that is specific to soul collage. So you'd ask the card to tell you, you know, I am one who is determined. I am one who will never give up. And you'd start there. And then maybe what what else should I know today? Like why did you show up today? And allow for that. So there are a few things important for me to note. So one being that soul collage is a trademarked process. And so with that, if you want to do any type of formal facilitation, you need to be a a certified facilitator, which would mean you go through the steps and you can find all the steps at (laughs) soulcollage.com, which is, do you have to be be a, um, do they require someone to be a therapist or can anybody become a facilitator? Yeah. You, you don't have to be a therapist. When I did my training, there were a fair amount of therapists there, but there were also people that were, you know, life coaches. There were people that were really just interested in it and, and wanted to learn more. There were some people that wanted to integrate it within their faith community or they worked somewhere where they had the access to access to do some group work and they wanted to apply it there. So no, you don't have to be a therapist. All of the breakdown of how to become a facilitator, you can find online. And then soul collage cards are not to be bought or sold or traded because they're they're yours. And uh, another thing to note is since we're collaging, we're using images that other people have created. We're honoring the fact that they've created these images for us. And then there's, you know, of course, all of the copyright laws that go around all of that. So that's another piece of not, you know, trying to make money off of the artistic expression of others. So, right. Workshops are, I mean, since the pandemic, there's been a big shift to to online. And so there's now an online platform. It's the world of soulcollage.com. And there's a link from soulcollage.com to get there. So if that's too much to remember. I'll put it in our show notes. So great. Find it. Yeah. On there, ton of information. You can, you can find workshops that are happening online all over the world. There are facilitators like all over the world. Yeah. Things happening in different languages. There are a lot of free workshops that are up on there, but really the workshop experience, I think it would be the, the richest way to really, you know, try it out. Because you'd have somebody there that that knows about the method that would guide you through. And with all of the access to technology these days, it's very accessible to find, you know, just the right thing that you might be interested in. Nice. Um, How long is a workshop? Like if, if somebody, is it a... Yeah, so, or- yeah, like any facilitator would design them the way that they do. So, for example, I'm going to be doing an introduction series coming up in July And what I found works best is a few weeks in a row, two hours each time. 
And that's a series. If you were doing a one-off, it could be like half a day, whole day, couple mm-hmm. hours. It really kind of depends. But yes, yeah, so you can kind of find whatever might fit the amount of time that you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about the book and how it has all this information about how to think about using them and how to use them, one of the things that you had said was to prompt people. There's a list of archetypes or and what I was thinking is because a lot of times, and and I don't, I'm kind of making a generalization here. A lot of times family caregivers are in a state that they, they're pretty burned out and it can be really hard to tap into the creative side when, when you're so burned out. And so having that list of sort of prompts to, to get someone going that direction, I could see would be really helpful because trying to come up with those on your own, you know, when you're, when you don't have the <laughs> wherewithal to, to um, go to that place within, I think could be really helpful. So, yeah. yeah. And I would, I would add on to that to say that the way that I start every workshop that I do or any experience that I do is an intuitive card making, because that really is something that anyone can do. All of this is something anyone can do, but I like to lay out a bunch of different images on one surface and then you just scan it and whatever catches your eye, you grab that one and you don't think about it. You just grab it and then you'd look at it, see if it maybe needs one other thing. And then maybe you'd look again. Does anything else catch your eye? Grab that one. Okay. This is how these go together. Here we go. Then worry about what the card means or what it represents or whatever like that. I find that to be the, the fastest way to, to jump in because I think there's also the meaning will just arrive. It, it's already the there. Trust part, right? This is, yeah. see, I could see that would be challenging for me is to mm-hmm. just not go in with an intention of the meaning, but mm-hmm. to allow the images to, to come to me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's definitely some, some letting go that can be tricky in, in maneuvering that at the beginning. At the same time, I think there can be a lot of comfort there in knowing that you're, you're going to do this thing that's going to be, you know, enjoyable and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Like you can just like let it happen. And whatever comes up is exactly what needs to be there at that moment. I just trust that. Talk yeah. about a lesson, you know, a, a sort of metaphor, right. Of, mm-hmm. of what folks are experiencing in their life. I could see you know, if we could really analyze the the process and the journey, which which is not the purpose I know of, <laughs> but I could see the similarities between not having any control of your life, not knowing what's going to come up, and having to just trust. And so, shifting that energy towards this creative process of trusting the images that come up and not knowing what the end result is going to be. And yeah, I think that. I'll share a personal example because I think that's the best way to not share anybody else's material. I'll find them later and I'll show them to you later, but I'll just describe them. So when I had maybe been doing soul collage for like six-ish months or so, I got really into doing the intuitive cards because I liked how I just said, how I didn't have to plan it all out. It didn't need to be this you know masterpiece that had to be perfect. 
And what started to come up after I'd been doing it for a while were some disturbing images. And there was this one card in particular that you know, really freaked me out. It was the this image of a hyena, like covered in mud and like lunging with its teeth out. Um, and then there was this image of a very judgmental looking person kind of standing with their arms crossed. And, and so uh, the card came up. I actually, I went to the supervisor that I had at the time. I was like, what do I do with this? Um, this is freaky. And, you know, she was very validating. Like this is, this is just showed up. Let's let it tell us what it has to say. Turns out that card ended up being my inner critic. And it had a lot of things to say about how, um, how I should be and how I wasn't being the way I should be um, and lots of things like that. And, and she, she also guided me through the process of then creating a card that had some similar imagery, but a very different feel. And so I went and I found there were actually more hyenas in mud <laughs> pictures that I had. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then I had this very floral image with lots of lupins. And so the background was lupins and then it was a hyena in mud, but laying down kind of laid back and doing that kind of like pant smile thing that dogs do. And then that became my like unabashed self card of like, here I am exactly as I am, take it or leave it kind of thing. And I think at that at that point in time for me, there was a lot of of criticism going on internally. I was trying to be very professional at this new job that I had, doing something that I hadn't really done professionally before. And it, it's interesting now too, because as time has gone on and I've developed my relationship with this inner critic card more, when it shows up now it has very different things to say than it did when it showed up before, which is also why you want to do the processing when you do the readings, like the day that you do them, because it could be different on a different day. Yeah. Yeah. They don't always say the same thing. Mm -hmm. They might show up and have something else to say. So, you know, as time has gone on, when the, when the card shows up, it, it, you know, very harsh at the beginning, very cruel and, and slowly over time has started to say like, Hey, remember Mm -hmm. that, I'm going to say these things mm-hmm. and have an idea of how you're going to respond to that. And then slowly shifting to like, Hey, remember when you used to beat yourself up like this? Like we don't do that anymore. I love um, it. I love that description because you, you trusted the, the images you made the card and then it was, there was a big question. What the heck is this about? You know, what, mm-hmm. And you listened to that. You got curious about the meaning behind it. And then the meaning became very clear. Mm-hmm. And then you were able to work with it. I, this is what I love about working with the subconscious realm, mm-hmm. you know, is the, the realm of the subconscious often rules all of our decisions and all of our emotions. And, and we don't understand it. We just feel it. And, mm-hmm. and so I love the idea of the soul collage being an externalization of whatever's happening in the subconscious. And so once you can externalize it and give it a form, something to work with, then you can talk to it and manipulate, not manipulate it, but 
understand it and um, work yeah. with it. And, and then it shifts. That's, that was mm-hmm. a, just a beautiful example of how, of letting the card talk to you and learning from that and promoting healing or shift from that. Yeah. There've been a few other experiences I've had like that where some, you know, disturbing images come up or things that make me feel a little unsettled or, or whatnot. And one thing I'd like to say to that is that everything within us is not sunshine and roses, <laughs> you know, right. everything within the world is not sunshine and roses and everything we have to deal with isn't. And what's that saying? Uh, what we, what you resist persists. And so <laughs> the, more you, the more you shove it down and don't look at it, the more power it's going to have. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, again, mm-hmm. this is a way of learning more about that, pulling it out of, of that area. Yeah. Looking at it in a way that's safe. And with that, I think it's also important in even just that example I gave, you know, I went to someone to guide me in what to do. And and I think that's really significant to to remember and think of like every workshop I do, I I give a handout about how to self-care after in case anything got really kicked up. And in addition to that, I'd say, one of the benefits of doing something like a workshop would be then you have like this connection to someone who understands the method and has maybe had experiences that you might have that you don't quite understand what's going on that you can reach out to or, you know, ask questions to things like that. And and I would highly recommend that because I just imagine what if I didn't, you know, bring it to her. I probably would have just walked around thinking that I'm like a super disturbed person and like, (laughs) and then it would have continued to run rampant. Yeah. Guidance and some care. We always need a little support from time to time anyway. That's a really really good point. Yeah. Is there anything else, Jennifer, that you can think of that might be helpful for folks to know about soul collage? learning more about it uh, can give you a better idea. And I would just, I'd go online and check out around on the website and the book really, like I said, there are, there's so many facets of the method that I didn't even mention. (laughs) It is so deep and rich and really, I mean, uh, so Cena Frost who developed the method, who wrote the book, just imagine the depth of understanding of a, a woman who had participated in facilitating therapy her you know entire professional life, creating something just completely steeped in both psychological theory and creative expression and what imagery does to our brains, to our souls. There's there are so many different facets of it that would be overwhelming for me to go into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I love. I love the points that you brought up and I I can only imagine the possibilities when you're tapping into that realm of creativity and the subconscious and imagery and the potential for understanding and healing and support Mm -hmm. as you move through your journey, right? Really? Yeah. That's great. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Jennifer. I, I'm not, I was not familiar with soul collage while I do have some experience with some cards. Um, (laughs) But I love this concept and this idea. So I'll definitely be checking out the book and, and the website too. I'm so glad that I got to share. I mean, it really is. This is a very important part of my life. I have my deck and I bring it with me whenever I go for an overnight somewhere or 
it's really facilitated a lot of richness mm-hmm. in, um, yeah, my connection with myself and the world. Yeah. That's what, yeah. that's what's beautiful about this is it's, it's really about you tapping into your own inner wisdom and inner strengths and tools. So tell us again, the website and the name of the book, I will definitely put it in the show notes, but just to let folks know. Yeah. So the book is Soul Collage Evolving. And that's by Sina B. Frost. And the website that you could get to everything else from was soulcollage.com. World of Soul Collage is the platform I was talking about. Uh, if you're interested in the workshop series I have going on or any other thing that I might be doing, you can find all of that at kindnesscorner.com. And there are links there to my therapy work, but also my uh, creative expressive work with the workshops and things like that. So I invite right. anybody who's curious to, to join me. <laughs> Do you, are you offering any of your workshops online then? I'm offering all of my workshops online right now. So yeah, this one coming up in July, it's going to be six Monday evenings. Well, evening for me, Eastern Daylight Time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to send everybody all the materials they're going to need before we get oh, started. Wow. And yeah, so I'd, I'd love to share with anybody who's interested. It really is one of the, the most wonderful things I can offer to someone, I think. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I I appreciate it. It's been really fun to talk about this and kind of present some different possibilities for folks to tap into their creativity and inner wisdom. Thank you, Laura. This has been wonderful to talk with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have comments or would like to send us a message, you can send it to hello at lifeonrepeatpodcast.com. Please also consider following us at Life on Repeat Podcast, either on Instagram or Facebook. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute, nor is it meant to convey professional, legal, psychological, financial, or medical advice. If you can use such services, please seek them out from someone you trust.